0: Welcome to the broadcast of Better Together, Democrats and Republicans who love America. We're going to continue on where we left off last episode about electric cars, how we can't stand them. And they're riddled with problems. And I think we should go hydrogen with a little bit of electric support. This says investor place, the forever battery that promises to change the EV industry. Luke Lango. The EV revolution is in full swing right now. Tesla has market cap near $885 billion and opened Texas Gigafactory in April. Lucid recently rolled out its first cars with 500 plus miles of driving range. 2021 November, Rivian had the biggest initial public offering since Meta. Every legitimate, every legacy automaker from Ford to GM to Volkswagen investing tens of billions in electrifying their fleets. Indeed, this next generation of transportation is off to a roaring start. But here's the thing, EV revolution won't go mainstream until we make better batteries. Traditionally, batteries are what make things work. <clears throat> they power our phones and our electric cars. Batteries are what run our, our laptops. But while batteries make things work, today's batteries are keeping EVs from working as well as they could. That may seem counterintuitive to you, I see, why? Without batteries, all the modern tech we use each day, phones, computers, cars, watches, TVs would be useless. But those machines aren't working as well as they could because a battery isn't working as well as it could. Why does it take your phone hours to fully charge? How come your laptop doesn't last very long without a power connection? Why can't your electric car drive thousands of miles on one charge? The answer to all those is the batteries in this machine simply won't allow it. <clears throat> to understand why, we need to take a trip—a quick trip back to chemistry class. Battery chemistry 101. Batteries compromise three things, a cathode, an anode, and an electrolyte. Batteries work by promoting the flow of ions between the cathode and the node through electrolyte. Conventional lithium ion batteries, which are currently the dominant status quo, are built in liquid battery chemistry. That is, they comprise a solid cathode and a solid anode with a liquid electrolyte connection solution, solution connecting the two. These batteries have worked for wonders for years, but due to a liquid electrolyte's physical constraints, we're now reaching their limit in terms of energy cell densities. Indeed, you can only compress a liquid so much. So these batteries can only get so small and only pack in so much charge. We're now reaching those limits, and that means that conventional lithium-ion batteries will never be able to charge your phone in minutes. It won't make your laptop last for days or power your electric car for thousands of miles on one charge. It's just not going to happen. So if we want our phones, batteries, um, watches, and EVs to last longer or charge faster, we need a different battery. Enter the solid state, the forever battery. The emergence of the forever battery. With solid states, the name pretty much says it all. You take liquid electrolyte solution and conventional batteries and compress it into a solid. This creates a hyper-compact solid battery. And since it has zero wasted space and theoretically infinite energy density, it lasts far longer. It charges far faster. Of course, the implications of solid-state battery and chemistry are huge. Solid-state batteries could be the key to maintaining our phones, sustaining power for days, or charging our smartwatches smart in seconds. They could allow electric cars to drive <coughs> for thousands of miles without needing to charge. But make solid-state batteries is no small st- a small task. Perhaps unsurprisingly, fundamentally changing the world's battery science is a complex, costly process. Specifically, adoption of solid-state batteries has been essentially non-existent since, despite their theoretical superiority, for two major reasons: they're exceptionally expensive to make. That's because of expensive anode costs, the lack of manufacturing scale, the lack of understanding as to what solid electrolyte solutions work best for the battery. They tend to short circuit because of something called dendrites. These are basically small cracks in the form. And the solid electrolyte substance over time rendering the battery useless. No one has yet realized how to sidestep these obstacles in affordability or a sustainability to make the effect of solid state batteries on mass until now. QuantumScape's industry-leading tech. One small, unknown startup produced the breakthrough technology process that will allow solid-state batteries to become a disruptive reality. The company will fundamentally change our world and unlock huge shareholder gains along the way. Several promising startups have made significant technical progress over the past years in the construction of viable, effective, solid-state batteries. But only one of them, QuantumScape has basically solved the problem. Specifically, QuantumScape has figured out how to reduce solid-state battery costs and eliminate dendrite problem. What's more, the company has employed an anode-less battery cell design eliminates manufacturing costs and brings quantum scapes, all in battery expenses to 17% lower than that of traditional lithium-ion batteries. The company has also developed a streamlined process for sourcing its materials, and it should allow for scalable and cost-effective solid-state battery manufacturing. By making it far cheaper, far easier to manufacture, it paves the path for EVs to purchase, replace traditional vehicles. Meanwhile, the company's proprietary design includes ceramic electrolyte with high dendrite resistance, and therefore quantum skates batteries don't have dendrite problems. That's QuantumScape has addressed the two largest shortcomings of solid-state battery chemistry, and has positioned itself to create a new class of EV batteries that are much cheaper, last longer, or charge faster than traditional lithium ions. Solid-state success. There's more than just talk. QuantumScape is backing up with real-world data. In December 2020, the company released performance of data for per- <clears throat> Forever Battery Technology, and it's broadly underscored these batteries are a complete game changer. <sighs> the based on T is testing a single layer of battery cells showed the quantumscape's batteries change very quickly, charge very qu- quickly. You can recharge them up to 80% capacity in 15 minutes. Last forever. They're capable of lasting hundreds of thousands of miles. Work in any condition. Batteries work in even a test at thirty negative thirty degrees Celsius, and that was just data based on the single layer testing. In the late twenty twenty one, QuantumScape illustrates its Forever battery performed in four layer formats up to eight hundred charging cycles. A quarter later, the company scaled successful research to ten layer batteries up to eight hundred cycles. And this earlier this year, QuantumScape successfully demonstrated sixteen layer batteries successful results of five hundred cycles. Indeed, these are total game changing features in the EV battery world. Quantum scapes at revolutionary tech. If you don't believe me, then maybe you'll trust the word of Dr. Stan Whittingham. He's co-inventor of the lithium-ion battery and winner of the 19, 2019 Nobel Prize in Chemistry. And he said, Quantum scape can get this technology into mass production. It holds the potential to transform the industry. Need I say more? Scape doesn't exactly doesn't just have the best tech. In the forever battery <coughs> industry, it also has ample talent, resources, partnerships to ensure it sustains the edge. Management is headed to the former founder of Inferno, who is also a Stanford grad. And the team is essentially a picked group of best-of-best of best Stanford and Berkeley physics grads. Indeed, the company chief scientific officer chair of mechanical engineering at Stanford. Meanwhile, Volkswagen, the world's largest automaker committed to electrifying its vehicle production portfolio has poured hundred million into the quantum Escape and it's committed to using the company's solid-state batteries in its cars by 2025. And the company's list of early investors include Bill Gates. Yes, Bill Gates. At that time, QuantumScape has raised more than $1.2 billion through funding rounds. Well, Volkswagen has a lot of cash to throw at the company, so does Bill Ga- Gates. Broadly then, QuantumScape is efficient resources, doesn't have to worry about cash burn today, Instead, can focus on the long-term goal of becoming ubiquitous, best-in-brand supplier of solid-state batteries. Overall, from head to toe, QuantumScape is as good as it gets when it comes to solid-state battery makers. Big picture, the technical progress that's being made in solid-state battery chemistry is not being overstated. If it's legitimate, it's happening, and over the next few years, this emerging tech will forever change the EV industry, and indeed, forever change the entire electronics world. Some of the stock market's biggest winners in 2020 will be solid-state battery makers. QuantumScape project will be one of those mega-winners, but it won't be alone. In fact, it won't be the biggest winner of electrical vehicle space. In fact, we see this beginning as a massive energy transition. Even the world's largest company, Apple, is getting on board with its own an autonomous EV. Yes, a creator of iPhone, iPad, Mac, and the Apple Watch is making move into energy transition via launch of its very own electric vehicle. Considering how Apple's previous innovations have shifted paradigms, the Apple car will be a game-changer for EVs. We've been convinced that the companies that supply critical components for Apple Car will make fortunes for their investors. We've identified one such critical part supplier, and its stock is only trading for three dollars to prime you, I just put together a presentation about the energy transition, and it I talk about apple 's next big production lunch and tiny supplier stock that could soar forty times as Apple Car takes over the world. The energy revolution is here <clears throat> it 's time to plug in well it 's a very nice article i don 't doubt it 's one hundred percent true, and it actually does not matter because <laughs> It's never about the genius of the invention. It's always about the allowance of it to be released onto the world, if you get my meaning. Um, So, I mean, just example, take, for example, the coronavirus. Well, you know, UCSF developed a very viable COVID treatment and preventative of the COVID-19 virus uh, six months into the pandemic, called Aeronabs, A-E-R-O-N-A-B-S, totally great, ready, primed for clinical trials, and it was told no because the vaccine people wanted their uh, untainted population. So probably Aeronabs is and was the solution to then and all future variants and isn't allowed to be used. So I think that's amazing that they've solved essentially the, one of the huge problems with electronic vehicles, which is the battery um, cost replacement need that is usually product, produced in China, keeps us dependent on China, which is not good politically at all, and also not good for world karma because, I mean, often that's resulting in slave labor, Xinjiang labor, um, African slaves at the Dominican Republic of Congo to mine the cobalt for the electric car batteries it's a big it's a big problem. And then when the battery dies after several years, say 10 years, it's three times the cost to replace it than the cost of the car. So, that's what we're dealing with now. If they can get solid state EV batteries via Bill Gates and others <clears throat> and Apple to be mainstream, amazing. Would it solve everything? It would certainly improve I'd be open-minded to uh learn more about this. But again, it's never about the invention. It's always about the competing industry and whether the invention will be allowed to be on the market even if Bill Gates is or isn't involved. It's certainly a good sign of reassurance that he's involved. Okay, that's a that's a a bet, bit more hope than a random. But we won't know that until we see, right. Um I still think hydrogen power for electric cars would be better. Um, If people want to buy Apple cars, I don't know how much this would cost. I don't know how much they would last. Uh, Again, they're saying this is incredibly expensive to produce. So who would be driving these solid-state, you know, EV batteries? Would this be, you know, the upper elite? I mean, fine, but impact is broad scale. So... I'm going to just stay open-minded and say, okay, this certainly could help, but I'm not totally sold out until – I guess I'll believe it when I see it, right? Okay. But it's nice to know there's a solution, if it will be allowed. If. If, if, if. Okay. So many SF news stories. I don't want to get too behind in all of it, but then there's also just like a lot – Happening. I guess I'll just read some headlines. Joe Biden files for run for re election 2024. He was officially filing, and this was after the uh, student loan um, poll uh, gave him four more points. Um, apparently, people care about student loans in terms of him and his presidency, and they didn't really care about all the other stuff he did. So, polls, polls were in the toilet until the student loans. Polls are coming around now. Okay. So he's going to run again, and I think he'll get it. Biden, and and I don't care if he'll be 81, 88. So if you can do the job, you can do the job. Let's not be age discriminators if you can do the job. You know, um... A lot of people have long-term COVID and have brain fog and miscues, cues, and you know this is now mainstream. So are we going to be so nitpicky about his mental health status, his presentation, whether he, you know, is on point with every little thing? I mean, most people aren't anymore because of long COVID. Thank you very much. Thank you, China. Right? <laughs> thank you. Not thank you. Biden administration provides 11 million for monkeypox, smallpox vaccine production. Well, that's great. Finish manufacturing the Jonas vaccine. That's great. The Biden administration tells Supreme Court to pass on birthright citizenship case. Um, not to take on Supreme Court, not to take on a case regarding citizenship rights for American Samoans, despite advances to say it would give. Okay, for right now, immigrant stuff is stalled. Maybe he's got a bigger, better plan in mind. You never know. He knows he's gonna to have to address the border if he's re- if he's gonna run a re-elect. Uh Republicans bring articles of impeachment, uh going to be ahead of a November of midterms, and this is regarding the student loan stuff. Well, it's a very in fashion to impeach a president nowadays, right? Um amounts is a Safer for America plan challenge the GOP lawmakers to back police but for confused to condemn the gun makers. Um, curb gun violence midterm elections 13 million billion sorry the plan includes 13 billion to curb gun violence says vote against assault weapons. Mikhail Gorbachev, Soviet leader, dead at 91. Mikhail Gorbachev, what does this have to do with Mikhail Gorbachev? (laughs) I don't know. It's a weird little argument there. I mean, if we all can vote against assault weapons, that would be revolutionary, because most of us would at this point. Not all, but many. I have to write all this down. Date on China, sure. It's all these bizarre titles that aren't connected to the story. Hmm. China has a growing debt crisis. This is um, China's Dim Prospects turn Disastrous by Diane Francis, The Hill, Monday. China's domestic real estate bubble due to deg- deregulation so gargantuan that many of its middle class has been damaged. Chinese may face ruination. Beijing built a middle class bigger than America's entire population. China's debt bomb looks ready to explode. Many are warning, suggesting debt reckoning is imminent massive mortgage revolt is underway, banks fail, protests grow, 50 million empty finished, unfinished units bought on spec in hundreds of urban areas and never be completed or paid for equivalent to one third of all housing in the US Beijing owes one trillion struggling governments around the world Oh, Beijing itself is owed one trillion by struggling governments around the world so it can't afford to pay back the loans for Belt and Road Initiative Program projects Okay. The result of property bubbles is usually is unusual defiance by Chinese people toward their authoritarian government. Thank you. Keep it going. Um, and see a rare glimpse of police violence against peaceful protesters that is starting to occur across the country. Unrest has grown because real estate speculation has been widespread for years. Most Chinese consider property ownership a way to get ahead. Secure and adequate retirement income, but a year's of unbridled speculation has led to over increasing prices and overbuilding by aggressive developers. Now there's a glut collapse in prices. Beijing is blamed along with local governments. All mention of these troubles have been censored. Unrest spreads by words of mouth. Dangerous development in a country of one point four billion who putting deposits on owned several condos have become commonplace. Essentially, China's a debt disaster in terms of foreign and domestic borrowing. At the same time, a cloud hangs over President Xi Jinping because of his diplomatic, albeit not military, support for Russian President Vladimir Putin's genocide in Ukraine and energy attack in Europe. In rare acts of defiance, Chinese gather in public to object to the situation, and millions are refusing to repay loans or their unfinished apartments. These massive mortgage boycott movement began early July and has spread to 100 cities involving 320 massive property developments. China's immediate past has been truly impressive. It's enlisted itself out of abject poverty. But given Xi's economic mismanagement combined with his loyalty to Putin, who is a sworn enemy of all his Western customers, China's full future looks not only dim, but potentially disastrous. I would agree. But that needs to happen because the Chinese Communist Party needs to end. Um, Let's pivot to China. Commentary California Dreamin, A Non-Choice Nightmare That Benefits China, Derek Morgan, Tribune Service. Here's Risa Usually, right? banning. Okay, so this is about the electric cars. Yeah, so we don't want this forever battery solid state EV to be produced in China. Nothing more with that, please, just saying. So they're talking about the existing right now. I mean, pretty much, we already know those. <clears throat> towing with an EV is even hopeless. We could only go 100 miles towing a trailer. Yeah. Putting all our eggs into EV basket would also dramatically increase our reliance on China. We don't want to do that. Same country that's building three times more coal plants, the rest of the world combined. According to the Center for Research and Energy and Clearing and Clean Energy. Yeah, exactly. That was a summed-up version. Major industries. China could soon dominate. Love, money. Daniel Coughlin, Monday. Global logistics and infrastructure. 100... Um, New Silk Road would create a 21st century version of a trade link against land, sea-spanning 140 countries from East Asia to Europe. Nope. Steel. China already leads the world in steel production. Electric cars, we already know that. Cobalt mining bolstering China's dominance is removed to pretty much control the global supply of cobalt. Chiefly extracted Democratic Republic of Congo, where Beijing has been investing heavily in mining operations. The minerals are essential component in electric cars. Yeah, they don't say that they use black African slave children. So I'm adding that part because they do. Okay, rare earth mer- met- uh, metals mining. New materials. Autonomous vehicles, artificial intelligence, high end manufacturing, addictive man- additive manufacturing, industrial internet of things, <clears throat> advanced robotics, cybersecurity, blockchain, which is crypto, green energy, e commerce, smartphones, 6G communications, semiconductors, biotech, defense manufacturing, satellite navigation, digital mapping, wine, orbital space station construction, orbital telescope construction, lunar exploration, Mars exploration, Venus exploration, Jupiter exploration, asteroid sampling. Just not impressive to want to have China continue with all of being leading in all those industries. No, thank you. Because of the way that it gets its power. No, thank you. How to cut ties with China once and for all. The Hill. Gary Michelson. China presents a greatest threat to the U.S. today, and the threat is increasing over accelerating rate. Agreed. Need to stop feeding the beast. China's economy has grown to more than anything else due to sales in the U.S. If we do not stop feeding this beast, it will bite off our arms and consume us whole. Agreed. Its intentions are clear. World domination. Oh, I would say COVID-19. Perfect example from a lab in Wuhan, to. Um, inflict upon the world and got away with it scot-free with no repercussions whatsoever as of yet. In 2008, I had a chance to spend time with Chinese government official tasked with dealing with the rise in rabies infections of in the nation. He told me the government announced dogs threaten the health of all Chinese people within a week. municipal services are avoiding how to dispose of the bodies of tens of thousands of dogs killed by their owners or neighbors. Autocracies do not have the restraints imposed upon them that are customarily operational in democracies. You cannot trust that the mugger will not only take your wallet and leave you and your family unharmed. The U.S. customer consumer became addicted to the low-cost goods from China, it made possible the low-cost labor, slave labor, which includes abusive mistreatment of workers, including kids and oppressive peoples, oppressed peoples. The U.S., as a matter of the highest national security threat, should begin an intense effort to end all imports from China. Agreed. We could potentially do that with ten years. So I feel. It May be already too late. We could possibly reduce our purchases from China by eighty percent within five years. What would it take? First, then we should be clear recognition by American businesses that the interests are not, interests are not safe in an autocracy, especially where one individual is the inordinately consolidating power. Much as has been by Vladimir Putin in Russia, the rule of law is by the fiat of the, of the flat or fiat of the leader. When China inevitably does precisely as it said it will and wages war in Taiwan, whether by strangulating blockade or direct invasion, then all the American companies doing business in China will suffer the same fate as befell McDonald's in Russia. Second, what motivated what moved US auto production to Mexico was cheap labor and tax policy. Yet moving companies means production from China will be inconvenient and there'll be no and there'll be costs in setting up new facilities elsewhere. But on the flip side there'll be long term investment security and tremendous long term savings from far less expensive labor. Now is the time for us to repatriate the production of national security dependent high tech goods such as being done with the CHIPS Act back to the US. And now it's time for us to move the production of all of the labor dependent goods from China to a more benign place with lower even lower labor costs. Well there is a long list of such places you must not cede Africa to China unless this provide a clear opportunity. There are clearly more than one point four billion. People living in Africa, approximately 500 million in extreme poverty, defined as less than $2 a day. Presently, more than half of those are in danger of death by starvation. China is already eyeing Africa for its abundance of natural resources. By financing the construction and transportation infrastructure required to export desired materials, China is placing sovereign nations in a stronghold of debt. While educational opportunities vary from place to place, innate intelligence does not. This means manufacturing goods can be set up anywhere in the world. As the displacement of U.S auto production in Mexico, is shown. It's possible to teach someone without formal education how to perform a particular task or series of tasks to perfection on an assembly line. So by ending all imports from China and moving production to Africa, we can achieve all of the following. Slow down economic support for China's march to world economic domination. Counter China's accelerating interest in gaining economic control of Africa's resources and placing the poor countries and that of the continent of its debt. Lift the an economically impoverished people in the world and expand opportunities for them to prosper. Strengthen the basis for economic stable democracies in Africa. Create new markets for U.S. tech product services. Protect U.S. companies doing business in China from sudden complete loss of their investments. Mm-hmm. Great article, if we would only do it. Mm -hmm. okay so any more on China China sends troops to Russia for joint military drills The Ministry of Defense of the People's Republic of China is formed. It will send troops to Russia to participate in joint military drills in the Pacific Ocean. The Joint Military Maneuvers, dubbed Vostok 2022, will take place in Russia's Far East and also include presence of Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, among others. Several new sources, such as Algeria, also report that India, and Nicaragua, and Belarus will participate in military exercises. TASS, Russia's state news agency, reports military drills are scheduled to place, take place August thirtieth, t- September fifth. Mobilized fifty thousand troops. Specifically, naval forces Russian Federation, People's Republic of China will practice joint operations in the Sea of Japan. China and Russia practiced similar military maneuvers in 2018, however, a lot has changed around the globe in four years. According to NBC News, the Chinese military defense highlighted in a press release that the military exercises were unrelated to current international regional situation in reference to war of Ukraine. The aim is to deepen practical, friendly cooperation with the armies of participating countries and enhance level of strategic collaboration among participating parties and strengthen the ability to respond to various security threats, declared the Ministry of Defense. Under respect to the respective leaderships of Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin, China and Russia have strengthened diplomatic ties. Little birds of the feather flock together. Uh, part of this has been shared and concerned the U.S., an antagonistic force in the international scope. Just before Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Guardian Rights Moscow and Beijing announced a no-limits partnership. Nonetheless, the war in Ukraine has put a strain on their relationship, with China maintaining a neutral stance while voicing criticism of Washington-led sanctions against Russia. The U.S. State Department of Defense, Depart- Nade Price, said to Algeria that while U.S. government regards close ties between China and Russia as a threat to global security, they didn't read anything to the joint military exercises. Most of those participating countries will routinely participate in a wide array of military exercises exchange exchanges the U.S. as well. Earlier this year, China held military maneuvers relatively close to Taiwan as a response to Nancy Pelosi's official visit to Taipei government. Meanwhile, Russia mobilized troops to Belarus just before invading Ukraine under the excuse of military drills. These troops were later used to take over Kiev. Important to note. Thank you. Taiwan's military warrants it will counterattack without exception if Chinese forces enter its waters or airspace as Beijing's ship and planes move nearby. Jake Epstein, Business Insider, yesterday. Taiwan on Wednesday vowed to counterattack without exception if Chinese ships or planes violated its territory. The remarks come as Chinese warplanes and vessels continue to maneuver near the island. Taiwan fired warning shots at Chinese drone for the first time on Wednesday. Taiwan warned on Wednesday it would exercise its right to self defense and counterattack without exception if Beijing's forces entered the self ruled island's territorial water and air spice. On Wednesday, the Chinese People Liberation Army dispatched sixty-two aircraft and seven vessels into areas near Taiwan. The island's defense ministry said in a statement, "The collection of Chinese aircraft includes Xi'an J sixteen fighter jets, Shanghai uh, Y eight EW and ASW transport planes, and Zhang G. I'm sorry, JH seven fighter bomber." The Taiwan's defense ministry said it would respond to the situation with naval vessels, combat air patrol, land-based missiles, used to monitor nearby Chinese military activity, but during a nurse conference, military officials said they are willing to take further steps and defend itself if necessary. Closer to incursions or to Taiwan, the stronger the countermeasures will be. Major Jin Ling Wang, Wang, who serves as Taiwan deputy chief of the general staff for operations and planning, told reporters, At a press briefing, explaining that naval assets, aviation elements, coastal fires could be used to dispel Chinese forces for Chinese aircraft and ships that enter a territorial waters and airspace within 12 nautical miles of the island, Lin explained the National Army will exercise rights to self-defense and counterattack without exception. Wednesday's remarks, which also include a warning on how Taiwan would respond to incursions by Chinese unmanned aerial vehicles, came one day after Taiwan fired warning shots at a Chinese drone for the first time, forcing it to fly back to mainland China. Tensions between China and China. In Taiwan have soared in recent months, especially in the lead up to and after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's second trip to the Democratic island, which Beijing has long claimed as its own. Her controversial visit came with a slew of warnings from China that would conduct military exercises in response. But we still don't know why Nancy was the trigger. Could be anyone. There's plenty of people that have visited. So that's just bizarre. Since the visit, China has conducted war games near the island and repeatedly sent ships and jets in the area around Taiwan around nearly basis. Your daily basis. Though Chinese warplanes routinely cross into Taiwan's air defense identification zone, they have, as of late, been more regularly crossing the median line that divides Taiwan straight, more provocative manner. Maneuver. Taiwan is a province of China, does not have a defense ministry. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Zhou Jean said Wednesday in response to ta- remarks by Taiwan's military the act of Taiwan authorities to heighten tensions does not mean anything. Well, it'll mean something when the Allies come to help it. I wouldn't be so sure of that. Not meaning anything. So basically, China shot, i mean, sorry, Taiwan shot down this Chinese um, drones that were spying on its military uh, prowess. And good, glad that you did that, Taiwan. U.N. says China's actions in Xinjiang may constitute crimes against humanity. Mark Watch yesterday. Chinese discriminatory detention of Uyghurs and mostly Muslim ethnic groups in the western region of Xinjiang may constitute crimes against humanity. Serious rights violations pattern of torture in recent years. Oh, they've been doing that forever. Uh, re- report seeks urgent attention from the U.N. and world community to fi- rights violations of Beijing's campaign to root out terrorism. U.N. Human Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet faces pressure on both sides, brushed aside multiple Chinese calls for her office withhold report, follows her own much criticized trip to Xinjiang in May. May- Beijing contains a report as part of a Western campaign to smear China's reputation. The report is fan to tug award war, diplomatic influence of the West, or the rights of the regions of native Uyghurs and other neth- ethnic groups. The report which Western diplomats and UN officials said all but ready for months were published just minutes to go to bachelor's four-year turn. It was unexpected to break significant ground beyond sweeping findings, researchers, advocacy groups, journalists who have documented concerns about human rights in Xinjiang for several years. 48-page report comes with imprint mature of the U.S., of the UN and its member countries, notably rising power super-China itself. The report largely corroborates early reporting by advocacy groups and others and injects UN heft behind the outrage that victims and their families have expressed about China's policies in Xinjiang. Beijing's repeated excuse me, denial of the human rights crisis in Xinjiang rings ever more hollow with this further recognition of the evidence of ongoing crimes against humanity and other human rights violations in the region. Agnes Calamard, Amnesty International Secretary General, said in a statement, the run-up to the report's release fueled a debate over China's influence at the world body and epitomized on-and-off diplomatic chill between Beijing and the West over human rights, among other sore spots. China shot back, saying the UN rights office ignored human rights. Achievements made together by people of all ethnic groups in Xinjiang. Based on the disinformation, lies fabricated by anti-China forces and out of presumption of guilt. The so-called assessment distorts China's laws, wantons smears, and slanders China, and interferes China's internal affairs. Read a letter from China's diplomatic mission in Geneva issued a response to the UN report. China's released a 122-page report titled, Fight Against Terrorism and Extremism in Xinjiang, Truth and Facts. That defended its record and was distributed by the UN with its assessment. The UN reports, serious human rights violations have been committed in Xinjiang under China's policies to fight terrorism and extremism, which singled out Uyghurs and their predominant Muslim communities. Between 2017 and 2019, the report cites pattern of torture inside what Beijing calls vocational training centers as part of the required a plan to boost economic development in region and points to credible allegations of ill treatment, including uh, cases of sex violence. Above all, the report warns that arbitrary discrimination, uh, detention of such groups in Xinjiang through moves that strip stripped them of fundamental rights, may constitute international crimes, particular crimes against humanity, the report calls on China to release all individuals arbitrarily detained and to clarify the whereabouts of individuals who have disappeared and whose families are seeking information about them. The report was drawn apart in from interviews and former detainees and others familiar with the conditions at eight detention centers. Its author suggests China was not always forthcoming with information, saying requests for some specific sets of information did not receive favorable response. The rights office said it could not confirm estimates of how many people were detained in the camps, but added it was reasonable to conclude that a pattern of large-scale arbitrary detention occurred, at least between 2017-2019. According to investigations by researchers and journalists, Chinese government mass detention campaign in Xinjiang swept an estimated million or more Uyghurs and other ethnic groups into a network of prisons and camps over the past five years. Beijing has closed many of the camps, but hundreds of thousands continue to languish in prison on vague, secret charges. The report says, the reports of sharp Increasing arrests and lengthy prison sentences in the region strongly suggest a shift toward more formal incarceration as a principal means for large scale imprisonment, deprivation of liberty. Instead, use the vocational training centers once touted by Beijing. This is particular concern given the vague and capacious definitions of terrorism, extremism, public security related offenses under domestic criminal law that could lead to lengthy sentences, including for minor offenses, engaging in conduct protected by international human rights law. Uh, Some countries, including the U.S., have accused Beijing of committing genocide in Xinjiang. U.N. report had made no mention of the genocide. Tokyo, Japan's Cabinet Secretary Hiroko Masuno welcomed the publication of the report, saying, we will continue to ask China to explain transparency as a request and make the clear positive move. just skimming now I appeal to the international community not to instrumentalize real serious human rights of issues for political ends but rather to work to support efforts to strengthen the protection and promotion of human rights Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> what is going to be the motion since this? I mean, it has to have teeth to it. And we can't expect China to act like a democracy and behave democratically because they don't. That would be an error on the allied countries and democracies to sit there and expect either Vladimir Putin, Hezbollah, uh, Kim Jong un, or President Xi Jinping to act like any one of our allied countries. They absolutely won't. And if you can't face that, hence the need for World War III, that will face it well. 40 minutes. What's left? So many things. I don't think I have have to dedicate a whole episode just to the San Francisco news. Uh, How much do I have on this? I'm going to end it there. And... We'll pick up again on San Francisco news and Trump updates, of course.